Good morning. Uh, welcome here to worship, everyone. And it's Pastor Lars coming to you uh, via videotape because I'm pretty certain I got COVID. I've been having coughs and high fevers through most of the day. It's the same symptoms I got when I had COVID last time. And of course, even though the tests are coming back negative, the last time I got COVID, all the tests came back negative for three days. So three days of fevers and coughs, and it wasn't until the fourth day when I got a test. So I'm not gonna gamble with everybody else's health, uh, but I realize with technology, I can still do my sermon and get it to you guys uh, without getting anyone in danger. And so, um, so, uh, this is the first Sunday in Advent, and uh, uh, ironically, I had planned a sermon series, which I am going to follow through on, uh, about healing. That was, that was the idea. I was going to do a sermon series on healing, so I'll talk about healing while uh, I'm going through a fever and my body's kind of cold and shaking right now. Um, so we'll talk about healing, uh, and I wanted to make this kind of an emphasis for this Advent season, for these four weeks. So we're going to talk about it on the sermon series on Sunday mornings. And uh, we've got our midweek Wednesday healing services. So I hope you'll take advantage of those. They're going to be in person and online. Uh, but if you come in person, I do think there's a little bit better experience that you do get out of it. There's some hands-on interactive things you can do. Uh, there's going to be people from our prayer team set up in the room here on each side uh, available for prayer with you. And um, so you can leave your prayer requests online if you're tuning in online, but those will be each Wednesday at 6.30 here in the church. And like I say, it will be live streamed. Uh, so we're, that's going to be our emphasis. So I'll talk about, give some of the theology about it, some of the backgrounds on Sunday morning. And on Wednesdays, the idea is you can delve more into it and have more of an experience, maybe. Uh, a little bit more meditation, being in God's presence to find healing that way through prayer uh, and through meditation. So, uh, we'll get started then uh, talking, about, <laughs> talking about healing. I got four topics that I'm going to cover this Advent. We're going to do healing of body, healing of mind, healing of soul, and healing of family. These aren't all the ways one can talk about it, they're just ones I thought were important. And um, I got thinking about this topic, uh, and probably for some time now, particularly under COVID, uh, because I came to realize, and, and this really hit me probably more like a year ago, how much stress I was carrying in myself uh, with all this COVID stuff, and how much stress it was and how I was carrying it in my body, so it wasn't just up here in my head, but I was carrying the, that stress in my uh, body, and I think it was really affecting my whole health. Um, some of it I will blame on the gym being locked up, and then I did not want to go to the gym and work out with a mask on. Uh, that's just me breathing so much, but I do get why they had the rules. So, uh, but you know, I can only blame that so much. I mean, I could have gone biking or hiking or running or those kind of things. There's more I could have done, but I kind of fell into a little bit of a funk, right? You kind of let yourself go, you give up, you lose the discipline, and um, you know, and then you just sit there and worry, and that's all you do. You just sit there and you worry. You worry about things. You worry: Are people going to keep coming? Are people going to keep giving? Uh, it turns out actually stewardship went up. Uh, in 2020. Thank you, everyone. 
Uh, but, you know, you worry about these things as a pastor. You worry about people are going to tune in. You worry, are people just going to kind of get comfy at home and disappear? Um, I, I think that might have happened with some. Uh, then, you, of course, you throw in some political battles about mask requirements and shutdown requirements and who gets to be open and who doesn't and all this stress. And so suddenly, uh, you as a pastor, having no training in how to do this, are carrying all this in you while trying to learn technology. Um, and I think I gained it in my body. It wasn't good for my health. I was gaining weight. Uh, my energy went down. My creativity went down. Uh, my anger went up. My ability to process stress, to not take it personally, went down. And for most of the last year, most of this last year, like going into uh, 22, um, I've been getting better. I've been get, get better at learning how to process all of it, uh, how to name it, how to deal with it personally, spiritually, physically. Uh, fortunately, I can get back to the gym and I just went and bought a bike rack uh, for my forerunner so I could get out on the bike more. But, um, and I realized uh, through all of it, as, as I'm going through all this, I realized that uh, we probably need to get back to, as a church to talking about health, uh, healing, wholeness, uh, finding peace, dealing with worry and anxiety uh, and stress. We need to get back to talking about how to fix brokenness in our lives and addressing these kind of things. Uh, it needs to get put back on the front burner. Uh, and I'll lay my cards on the table openly. I don't think we are as good as churches at dealing with this uh, as I wish we were. Um, I think we kind of shy away from talking about wholeness because it kind of gives us a sort of, you know, oogie boogie, you know, weird guy in Sedona in his weird shirt, you know, doing his sort of yoga thing and channeling his energies or whatever that. And so we get kind of oogie boogied out by the new ageness of it. But there's really nothing about healing and wholeness that is new age. I think we shouldn't seed them all wholeness. And, and, um, and the other thing, of course, is the endless, endless tired debate over supernatural miracles and miracle cures and do they really happen and Christians arguing endlessly with atheists about whether you actually can shrink a tumor with prayer and the atheist going okay bring a tumor to me say a prayer and then we'll observe it happening and then show me the technique for how to repeat it if I can't repeat it well then I don't believe it and so we waste all this energy talking about the supernatural cures uh, and we don't spend that energy talking about healing our whole selves. And yet in the Bible, our whole selves, bringing our whole selves with to God is part of what our faith is about, right? Love the Lord your God, what does it say? With all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, right? All of it. So our faith isn't one compartment and then our heart and mind are put over in another place. So. Uh, but I also, th but, and one more thing, uh, I'll give you an example of this, uh, is we, I, maybe we need to talk a little bit more about healing as a symptom, I'm sorry, illness as a symptom, and healing as addressing root causes. So, for example, I'm sure you've all been watching the uh, Twitter, the Twitter fiasco, Elon Musk spent $44 billion just to buy Twitter. 
Um, that's as much money, somebody calculated, we could fix every single bridge in America and have a billion left over. Um, so he's throwing around money. Children are starving, but he's throwing around money to buy Twitter, right? And what did he do? He came in uh, and fired half the force and then told everybody who was left, if you want to stay on, you better work hardcore, right? Long hours, high intensity. And if you can't go hardcore, then you'll get, here's your severance, get out of here. And he's thinking in his head, this way I'll get rid of all the lazy people and I'll only have the most dedicated and committed people left. And yet if you go online, you'll hear stories like, I, my wife just went into chemotherapy. This was an actual story. My wife just went into chemotherapy and I can't afford to not have an income and health insurance so I guess I'm going hardcore. And, an, and then there's a whole bunch of other people. They're actually workers from other countries. They're on work visas. If they don't go hardcore, they have to get, they get sent home. So in fact, what you're really do, doing is you're dealing with a lot of people who are in financial straits, who don't have a choice but to go hardcore. Not because they love Elon Musk and are so passionate about sacrificing their family time so he can have more, I don't know, yachts or something. They're doing it out of necessity. But what happens when you go hardcore? I mean, you gotta think about this. I don't blame anyone for, who has the choice for not wanting to do this. Because what happens? You spend too many hours working, right? So you're always at work. What happens? You don't have time to get to the gym. You don't have time to go running. You don't have time to go hiking or whatever your, your physical hobbies are, right? You don't have time to spend with your wife, your husband. You don't have time to work on your marriage. You don't have time to be with your kids. All these things fall away, right? So when you come home, your kids don't know you. Your wife's upset at you. You're gaining weight because you're not working out because you're just sitting at that computer coding as fast as you can to go hardcore, right? So then you start gaining weight, what happens? Well, now you're more stressed, so you're, you're stressed about coming home, so what do you do? You stay after, because you know your wife's gonna nag at you for why you haven't come home earlier. So then you go out to the bar, you drink more, and eat those you know, buffalo wings and cheese sticks and you know, low-fat, uh, wholesome foods like that that they always serve. And then, so then you gain more weight, now your health is going south, and you go finally go and you collapse and you see your doctor and the doctor says, well, here's my prescription. Eat more, eat more vegetables and, and, and uh, what do they call it? whole grains and work out more and um, uh, spend less time working. And then you're, and, and you're sitting there going, ugh. Now, if I had, if I had, if God had given me the power the, the ability to work through me, we'll say, to go and do miracle cures. It, say God had that power. Would it be wise of me to step in there and just lay a hand and make those arteries clean? Lord, I'm just going to we'll bind those artery spirits and we'll chase out the cholesterol demons and we'll just... We'll just chase them away and then all the cholesterol just disappears from the arteries and everything's clear. Wow, what's going to happen the next day? Oh, that's right, you're back in the office going hardcore. Would it, I mean, is the cholesterol and the blood pressure and the blood sugar and all these things, are they the illness or just the symptoms of the illness? 
Is the, is the illness that you, you, do, you aren't allowed to have a life? Is the illness that you're trapped in an economic system that doesn't give you the choice to get out of this mess, is that the illness or is the cholesterol the illness? Have we given too much power to a billionaire to control people's lives? Is that the illness or, or, or is it the blood vessels? All right, you know, I'm going to be a good ELCA Lutheran. One of the things that we do in the ELCA that I think sets us apart from uh, some churches, many churches maybe, is that we really like to look at things in the big picture, in the system. So we want to look at the whole system, not just the individual person who's going through something, but the whole system that leads up to it, and say, what is God's will for this whole system? So if the system is people can't make a living without having to work in abusive situations, then the ill health is just the symptom of a bad system. So shouldn't a discussion about healing ourselves involve all of ourselves, our whole lifestyle, our lifestyle choices, the systems we live in? I want to look at healing. I want to spend some time looking at healing because I really do believe that God made us a whole person uh, with bodies and minds and souls uh, and communities and all those things together, they contribute to our health or the lack of it. Uh, we are whole people. We are not spirits in a physical shell. Sorry, Stig. Right? And when one part is off, the other parts can be off too. And now I'll say, again, off the bat, my disclaimer, and I will say this because I will acknowledge that a lot of the things we deal with seem to come out of nowhere and have no systemic answer, right? A lot of illnesses come to people who work out all the time. A lot of illnesses have no obvious cause. There is a very, there's a real randomness to a lot of it, and I want to acknowledge that because not everything can be prevented with diet and exercise. Um, and I don't want to diminish the pain that's caused from the randomness of illnesses like that. Um, but, but, we need to start somewhere with talking about what we can do and things we can address to bring wholeness to ourselves and our lives and to be the people that God has made us to be. So, let's go back to the Bible for a little bit. Just look at a couple passages here. Uh, and I'll give you a sense that the Bible does not address wholeness and he healing, that the Bible doesn't address healing from a purely from sort of an individual miracle perspective, but most of the time it's a whole perspective. If there's a particular miracle cure, it's usually because a prophet is right there in the presence or Jesus is right there in, the pre in this person's presence, or one of Jesus' 12 disciples is right there in the presence. So when there are miracle cures in the Bible, they're usually around some person who is especially gifted in doing that. They aren't seen as a normal thing in the Bible, and particularly in the Old Testament. It's very, very rare. But yet, God does promise healing and health many times in the Old Testament. So let's look at one, Exodus. We're going to go way back, right? Second book of the Bible. Exodus 23. 
Uh, you'll just have to listen in. Uh, the technicalities of getting the Bible verses put up there, I couldn't surmount it. So here we go. Exodus 23, 25. You shall worship the Lord your God, and I will bless your bread and your water, and I will take sickness away from you. So look, look at the order here, right? God says he will bless, bless the bread and bless the water. The stuff we take in, the stuff we put in our bodies, God's going to bless that, and then there will be taking away of sickness. What happens when you have bad food and bad water? Sickness, right? Ask the people in Flint, right? God doesn't just give health, but then expect us to eat bad bread and drink polluted water and then jump in and miraculously cure people. I mean, it seems kind of, a, when you think about it, wouldn't it make more sense for God to say, I am going to be a blessing to your food and your water. Right? God will bless the bread and the water and take the sickness from among you. Let's look at another one here. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good as long as you live so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. All right, you know I like to break these down by numbers, so here we go. Um, what is it God does? First, forgives iniquity. Forgives iniquity. He brings healing between ourselves and God. He brings, a, a, this is a spiritual healing, right? Because healing is putting back together things that are broken. When we do iniquity and justice, that pulls things apart. So God, we start with that, right? We get forgiveness in our own hearts, takes away the guilt, the shame. Then what does he do? Heals the diseases, but he does this after he forgives. Redeems us from the pit. We're not exactly sure what the pit is. Is that an afterlife thing or just a metaphor for being really, really, really sad or miserable? Um, and four, satisfies you with good. Forgiveness, healing disease, Saved from the pit, satisfies with good. We'll get it on the screen. Just like the others, this one's about the whole person, our whole selves, our communities. God's not just addressing one part of our health and ignoring all the others. So, why don't we? Why don't we talk more about healing as a whole self thing? Um, are we worried? Uh, are we worried about sounding crunchy? You know, you always have the picture of the you know, person at the Whole Foods in the batik, you know, printed outfit who you know, sits and um, uh, does yoga and goes to Sedona to synchronize energies or something like that. And they talk wholeness and healing all the time. And are, are we afraid of sounding new age? Have we given them the turf? Have, have we made wholeness a sort of a political word, right? I mean, look at, look at what they call it, whole foods, right? Whole foods. They've actually analyzed it politically. Certain politicians do better in counties with the whole foods, you know, and certain politicians do better in counties with Cracker Barrels. I mean, has, has wholeness become a political thing? 
Has it become a culture war thing? Are we afraid of it? But why are we giving them the turf? You know, talking about healing, talking about healing in our whole self is biblical. It's part of our faith. We turn to God to address not just the symptoms of health, but the sources of the things that make ill health. Why, you know, why can't we as Christians have whole healing weekends? I'm not the one to lead it, but why couldn't we? I mean, it's in the Bible, right? Healing our whole selves. We've got a whole tradition of meditation that, you know, of Christian meditation. We kind of forget it's there, but we have it, right? And, and, and why can't we talk about the systemic things like being perpetually stressed because the jobs expect too much and you don't have economic leverage to get to force the hours down or you don't have access to good food or you don't have access to good water and people with money and power don't want to spend the millions or billions fixing up Flint's water so they resist it. Why aren't we talking about that? The miracle cure, the miracle cure debate to me is a distraction. And it pulls us away from talking about building whole families and whole communities and having a whole lifestyle that's healthy. You know, and, and I am one of those pastors. I am one of those pastors who does believe that God can bless us with miracle cures. But they're very rare, and I don't have the gift. And, I don't, and so I don't base my faith around that. Uh, God has not given me that gift. But God has given all of us the gift of being able through prayer, community, reflection, mutual support, to build each other up towards healthy lives. So this Advent, let's talk about healing in our whole selves. Let's look at our whole selves and the stresses we have and how they affect us and look at ways that God is going to give us and does give us and has given us that ways that God gives us for dealing with the things so that we can be more whole as God has created us. Amen. You guys have a great rest of your Thanksgiving weekend and hopefully I will be healthy and I will see you next week. God bless.